Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. What's going on, boo-boo? You know, uh, we're chilling. We're hanging out. Chilling? Oh, it's an ice storm going on out Ah, there for a couple days. It is. It's an ice storm. I know, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have to shovel your drive this morning. I did, and it was all ice. Oh, did you? Mm -hmm. Did you really? Oh, Yeah. Poor baby. Yeah, the I got one time hand. a year you I got, do it. No, it's been a good... I've been stubborn many no, times this year. We all know Jen does it. Jen doesn't do it. Oh. My hand, look at my hand. My hands are so... Jen's hands are calloused because she does deadlifts and works out. And she's and all does the ripped. chores she around does the house. The, she, well, obviously, she's yeah, my and, wife. And, and so and yard, she's the mother, you know? so she does the chores around yeah, the house. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen her, you know, build yeah. furniture. Yeah, of course. She's the wife. <laughs> what about the lawn. Yes, exactly. Right. What do hus- <laughs> Husbands don't do that stuff. Are they supposed to do that? Yeah, or rake the leaves. No, nah, we just let it fall. We got all natural. <laughs> well, you just let it fall. Yeah. And then Jen it's called cleans for a reason. You know, um, Jen does those things because she's better at them than me. Mm. And I do some stuff. I do some stuff. They Okay, what? What's the stuff? I take out the garbage. Okay. See, there's that. There's that. Yep. What else? You know, there's many things. I don't want to brag. Like many garbage bags over there's, the course you know, of a year. <laughs> there's like garbage bags. There's recycling. Do the recycling. Oh, that's so you different just, from garbage. You just, you just doubled what you did. That's right. So like there's a 100% increase right there. Good job. Good garbage job. and recycling. Mm. You know. What else? Uh, well, you know, I I make the money. So there's that. Oh, well, so okay. That, that's a that's a size. Make the money like actual money like you know like modest or are you well, making I'm not, you can't compare are I mean, you making mcdonald money i'm no 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 there we don't have a pension plan here uh mm. and for when i uh leave in shame because uh i'm doing terrible things to people nothing like that well so. no i mean if you look at the mcdonald method you you will mm. have nothing to worry about you know yeah the, the pension will kick in and i'll just, or not just that people just they won't they'll, you know they'll just let you do what you do that's messed up what's going on or allegedly what's going on Get, oh yeah do you listen to oh, it's definitely this going on no you don't know it's definitely going on wait hang on I get, what is that did siri just answer something i don't what know you what it is it's uh it's like an ad on a website or something uh, all yeah, right that was odd so did you listen to man cow this morning I don't listen to Man Cow. Oh, okay, so you didn't listen to Man Cow? Well, I listen today, but I don't oh. normally listen to Man Cow. Now, a lot of people listen don't know who Man Cow is. you got to explain. All right, Man Cow. Because your family a... and Man Cow go way back, don't No, they? we don't go way Stop <sighs> it. We don't go way back. You oh, need to really? stop right there. What? Stop right okay. there. Stop I'm right stopping. There. We don't go way back. Well, to the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so, Man Cow's a radio personality in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I guess he's been, yeah, he's been, he was national as well. Yeah, based out of Chicago. Based yeah. out of Chicago. So, it's, uh, it's probably a bit more, uh, it's not for... Like if Howard Stern was less funny and more chaotic and less popular, he'd be Man Cow. <laughs> I don't know if he's less funny. Oh, he's I definitely think they're the less same funny. amount of funny. Nah, less funny. I think they're the same amount of funny. Okay. But I, I, I will I, I, say I will say chaotic. My gosh. Oh, it's yeah. Like, yeah. His ADD kicks in oh, on the air. It, yeah. It, the format of the show, it's like. Uh, yeah, it, it, like you get whipped back and forth. Yeah, it's crazy. So, anyways, so anyways we're talking about Man. We listen. To, we both listen to Man Cow's show today. Yeah, and it's because uh, he. So he's the, he he claims Christ, right? He says, you know, I'm a believer, love Jesus. Was a member at Harvest. Was a member at Harvest. Uh, talks about you know James McDonald the the impact spiritually that he's had on his life and they were good friends, friends, hung really out close. Yeah, and so he's been on a he's been on a bit of a rampage for the last couple of weeks. Uh, calling out calling his out, pastor. Calling out James. Yeah. Calling him out to be a man, step down. Resign. Resign. Show where all the money's gone. And then today, today started uh, releasing clips. Now, 
you and I both had the same frustration with those clips. Play the whole thing, or at least play a, a nice section of it. Yeah, there's no context with it. It's like it's little, like it's, it, it's like a sentence. Listen, anything can be edited to sound horror. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a James McDonald fan, but you got to give context here. That's that's a bit unfair. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. Listen, I'm a guy that, that you, we both are guys that think James needs to resign. He shouldn't mm-hmm. be in ministry. But uh, when they're playing these audio clips that are allegedly of James saying some. <laughs> Horrific things, some really bad things. I still want to know, like, like some of them you can just know, like, okay, he said this bad thing about this person. Obviously, you don't need context for that. Then there are other things, like kitty porn, uh, put, putting kitty porn, porn on, on his computer, on somebody's computer. Like, I don't it, like, it, like so. But who he, and but, what and why? Like, well, yeah, well, no, who he's saying to do it out to the yeah, the, but who would put it on there? Oh yeah, yeah, and like it's just it's just really weird, just really 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 weird. And like like we said, we talked about this, Joe and I, that it's. Cutting in and out mid-sentence. Right. So context is missing there. Like, is he saying, you know, let's oh, go put this on his let's computer? Go put, yeah, let's go put this on his computer. Or, man, that's a horrible idea to put this on his computer. Yeah, I would never do that. Yeah. Um, I would do a lot of things, but I wouldn't do that. So we, we just don't know. But uh, I, I, I don't think we I, – I think we should, you know, even when you've got somebody in your sights that has proven themselves to be untrustworthy, it doesn't mean that you believe every accusation or that you – always interpret every possible thing in a negative light. Um, but anyways, yeah, that, it's, it's, we should talk about that later. I, I do want to do a bonus, do a episode. bonus episode on it. I know, um, but, but along with what you just said, you know, there have been accusations made in the past. And now we're going to talk about more about the SPC and sexual abuse. Yeah. Talk about, and there's, listen, guys, we talk about, we talk about serious stuff. We talk about theology and doctrine and devotion and the Lord and the church. And, and those are serious things, but we have fun as we do it. Yeah. There's really can't have fun as we're about to have this conversation about sexual abuse in the SBC. Um, You know, this article came out in the Houston Chronicle. It's by a team of, uh, of reporters, Robert down and Lisa Olson and John Tedesco. Um, This came out February 10th, 2019. It's the first of three articles that are going to be coming out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it is a painful expose on a 20-year study, basically 20-year uh, research that covers or spans 20 years uh, of sexual allegation. Uh, in fact, one of the things it says here at the very beginning is in all since 1998, so we're just talking 20 years here, roughly 380 Southern Baptist church leaders and volunteers have faced allegations of sexual misconduct. Um that includes those who were convicted, credibly accused, and successfully sued, and those who confessed or resigned. And if more of these people worked in Texas than any other state, wow. <laughs> that's not because Texas is a terrible place. Texas is a great state, but there are many Southern Baptist churches there, yeah, so you know there's going to be a large state. Lot there. Yeah, right, right. So, uh, how many victims, uh, Jimmy, are are in the wake of these uh, these accusations that have been made? Yeah, I mean, according to the Houston Chronicle, seven hundred, seven hundred victims. You know what? really torques me is when people i saw some people online saying like okay so you know 700 victims 380 leaders and volunteers uh but that's not as many as and then they'll point to some other group yeah or some they're gonna point to the catholic group. church okay first of all um one is too many yeah one is too many but listen this is this is my business yeah this is my convention 
You know, yeah. this makes me like I'm concerned about what's going on in the Catholic Church or the public schools or anywhere else. Sovereign Grace Ministries. I'm concerned about yeah. those things. But, man, I'm not about to consider those things in when I'm trying to focus on this problem right here. This is us. Yeah. Clean your house first. Right. Take care of your business, man. And let's 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 really take a close and careful look here. Um, it says that of those that have been accused over the past 20 years, um, oh, about 220 offenders have been convicted or took plea deals and dozens of cases are pending. These are pastors, ministers, youth pastors, Sunday school teachers, deacons, and church volunteers. Nearly 100 are still held in prisons stretching from Sacramento County, California to Hillsbury County, Florida, state and federal records show. Scores of others cut deals and serve no time. More than 100 are registered sex offenders. Some still work in Southern Baptist churches. Oh, today. that's that's that out of everything was horrible. That that was yeah. I'm about to go nuclear. Yes, because it, you know, and it's hard because like you know, the people that are convicted, if they're registered sex offenders, you can look it up. You can Google it. Put the dude's name in. Put the woman's name in. You can find out. Um, we have resources. We have we have uh, databases that we can look at. I mean, correct. Not within our denomination, of course, because you know we don't want to create our own database of what's uh, going on in churches. Yeah. Um, at least that's the that's the, the what we've heard before from our leadership. But you know, you can look it up. How does that happen? I, I don't get it. Especially, I mean, one of the one of the most uh, significant and simple steps that ministries take, especially as as individuals are working with youth and, mm -hmm. and teen is a criminal record check yeah i mean that's that's one thing these well, what's it cost, Jimmy? we do it for every everybody that walks into a kid's ministry class i think per person per person i thought it was like 99 dollars or it's a hundred dollars not per be, person per person no it's like five bucks oh five bucks yeah you, i thought you would know this stuff no it's no Pat's area that's oh, why that's you don't Pat's know area yeah no it, it i'm boils. actually thinking also yeah never mind i'm thinking canada yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in British Columbia, we yeah. had to pay. No, we, I had to do it every couple of years. Yeah. Well, this is. Uh, yeah, it boils down to like it's. It's just nothing. Even if it was a hundred bucks a person. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're gonna do this for your, your your people coming in. It's necessary. But no, no, it's not that expensive. Oh, in Canada, it's twenty five. Never mind. Okay. I thought you were. Now crazy. I'm going down. Yeah, you're being feeling a little weird over there. Um. So you know, as as you're, this is a huge article, and it's just one of three. Uh, just to but now, you, so here's the yeah. thing. Sorry. So some still work in Southern Baptist churches today. Mm -hmm. So that's the other question then. What does that mean? If they're if they're if they're with youth, they should have already gotten that screw that criminal record check, right? But what if they're janitorial? What if they're maintenance? Yeah, is should. there that? Is there that? You know, some churches might not do uh, the criminal why, record checks. Why wouldn't they? Well, if they're if they're in the church, here's the thing: if you're a small church, I, I sort of understand why people might not. Um, do a background check. Maybe it's a small church of 50 people and they all feel like, well, we all know each other. We're all a family. You know, we, and you're the one that's at higher risk. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cause you're going to, you're going to have more freedom. Yeah. Um, well, no, and you're, you're, more, wear you're more, more naive. Yeah. You're more naive. I had to, was doing a study when, uh, back at my last church, we were trying to put in this plan to protect, you know, for the youth and for children. And, you know, I mean, I was at one point, one of the, one of the individuals, uh, stood up. I was like, Hey, uh, one of the leaders of the church, we don't have anyone for nursery. Does, uh, does anyone want to volunteer yeah. to go back there? <laughs> right. And, uh, someone I've never seen, never met goes, I will. I'm like, Oh heck no, no you're not. No. Who yeah. is this? Who's this guy covered in? And so I was like, where's this plan to protect? We're going to get, you know, try to get everything in order. You never want the guy you don't know who's eager to be with the kids to be with the kids. That's and that, But, the, you know, we're trying to say, like, they're like, Oh, well, Jimmy, you know, it's a small town. It's, it ain't like the big city where you got that kind of, no, 
it's it your night. It's your you being naive is making you much more, you know, uh, vulnerable, vulnerable to yeah. that. Yeah, totally. You know, it's um, it, it, listen, I know like you're saying like, OK, so you, you, you do the you do some research or you can you can do a background check to, to Jimmy and I. There's there's no excuse not to do that. I don't know. Again, there is no excuse. Maybe you've never thought about it. But you're now at this point, you're thinking about it, right? Yeah. Now you're thinking about it. Maybe it's never crossed your mind before because you're innocent and you haven't been exposed to these kinds of things. Now, Jimmy and I are sensitive to these things. We've talked about this before. Uh, we're sensitive to these things because Jimmy has a heart. Like he's a compassionate dude. He loves people and he's really concerned for people that are hurt. I'm sensitive to it because I was abused as a kid. So, and I don't have a heart, but I'm sensitive to it because of that, right? Yeah. So we, um, we actually care about these issues and, and you should be caring, right? Like, it, yeah. and I, and I know that sounds really harsh, like to say, like, Oh, all. if you're not, if you haven't been doing these things or thinking about these things and you don't care. But one of the things that, that hits me, I was actually talking to, uh, uh, to Dr. Wong today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, one of the things that, that I shared with him is I want to be able to, as, as an elder, as a shepherd, I want to be able to look every parent and child in the eye and say, I've done everything I can to protect mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I've done everything. And yeah. that's, that's the part here is like, you're not doing these things. How could you look in the eye? Right. right? Whether, you know, you don't want anything to happen, but before it happens, could you look, look your congregation? Can you look these children in the eye and say, I've done everything I could to protect you? Yeah. I mean, you should be. And listen, sometimes we get defensive because we're something is exposed, right? When you, when we get exposed, like, wait, you haven't been doing something you should be doing. Um, sometimes we get defensive about that. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we'll, we'll balk or we'll be like, Hey, you know, or we'll come up with excuses. Listen. Uh, okay. F- you haven't been doing something. I, I don't care. Do it now. Just like, get it done it, now. We don't have to worry. Change you now. Don't, to, don't worry about feeling bad about what you haven't done yet. Start doing it now. That, yeah. I mean, let, let's, let's do it while we can before something really bad does happen. Um, here's, here's, yeah, okay. Go ahead. C- continuing on at least 35 church pastors, at least 35 church pastors, employees and volunteers who exhibited predatory behavior were still able to find jobs at churches during the past two decades. What the heck? Look at continuing on in this. In some cases, church leaders apparently failed to alert law enforcement about complaints or to warn other congregations about allegations of misconduct. All right. We got to talk about that. Yes. Um, well, no confidentiality, Joe <laughs> confidentiality <laughs> yeah, that don't count. Um, yeah, but people think it counts. They, they, no, I th- are, aren't people, you just uh, gossiping? No. Here, okay. Here's the thing. Uh, let's get a couple things out of the way. Um, just because someone is accused of a crime doesn't mean they've committed the crime. Yes, um, correct. And in the courts, you are presumed innocent until you are proven guilty. <laughs> um, Not in Obama's America. Okay. Um, and a lot of people were ready. Um, uh, what was the what was the judge's name? That was uh, oh the beer oh. guy. He likes beer. Oh, was, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. All right. So Kavanaugh. <laughs> I like beer. Yeah. He like- I still like beer. <laughs> So Kavanaugh was appointed to be a Supreme Court judge, and these accusations were made about him from his past. Now, Jimmy and I are those guys that would say, investigate. Yeah. Investigate that stuff. Make sure you check it through. Right. Okay. So I'm not about to say that somebody uh, is guilty or not guilty in that context, uh, but I want to take those accusations very seriously, and I want to investigate. Absolutely. So um, not everybody that makes an accusation about sexual assault is telling the truth. There's a small percentage of people that are lying. Yeah. It's usually six to 10%. All right. Six to 10% based on some of the recent studies of people that make an accusation are, are making it up. 
So over 90% are telling the truth. But here, but consider this. When that's a reported sexual assault, mm. when you start to factor in how many non-reported sexual assaults that there are, that percentage of fake reporting would go way, way down. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going high 90s, high 90 percentile of people that are, uh, you know, that could say that they're sexually abused uh, were in fact sexually abused. So one of the things that, that I, I, that we, that we're wrestling with here at Redeemer, not wrestling with it, we're working on it is having a policy, right? Yeah. A policy in place. What do you do? What does your church do? Does your church know what to do? What's the protocol? What's the process when you suspect that someone is being abused or when someone makes an accusation of abuse? Yeah. What do you do now? I know what I would do and you know what you would do. Yeah. And the elders, we know what we would do. Yeah. We but, would. But our, I don't know if our people know. Exactly. That's the problem. And this, this is, the, I think, the problem that a lot of people have. And so, at, you know, at Redeemer, early, early on in our life as a church, about 10 years ago, um, there was a man who um, an allegation was made against him from a little child who said that this man had done something to her sexually. Very little kid. And so um, I heard about this. I talked to the little kid. I talked to the family. And we immediately reported it to the police. Yeah. Now, this didn't happen at church or anything like that. But uh, this guy was at our church. And so, as was this family. And so, we immediately reported it to the authorities. And uh, and we worked with them. And we followed up. Uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, of course, he was guilty. Right? This guy is in prison. Um, so, we know what we would do. Like, we know what we yeah. would do. We would do the right thing. We're confident of that. But knowing that you would do the right thing isn't enough. Like you said, Jimmy, the people have to know. People have what to know the what the process is. Do. They got to know, you know, what what is the line of communication here, right? Because that that's what's really important here. Because this is a pretty this is a weighty thing. This is a weighty like allegation. If, right. if that comes up, I think a lot of times people just assume it's hey, they just misunderstood or something like that. So they don't know what to do, right? Like they're confused. They're afraid of bringing it forward. They don't know what it means. Like, like, cause they don't know how to handle it. Right. Do you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't want to, they don't, Hey, that's a friend of mine. I don't want. Exactly. Like, exactly. I, I don't want to, you know, it's going to, it's going to cause strain or people going to look at me weird. It's we almost, think, we think we know what we would do, but what if it's like you're somebody that you admire and an accusation is made about them? Then you can be like, well, that's great. I would, he would never, Yeah, he would never. Well, you don't get to pick and choose when you when you do the right thing. You got to consistently do the right thing. Yes. And think about how hard it is for people to bring up the idea, uh, the, the 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 experience. I was sexually assaulted. How hard that is for yeah. them to bring it up. You know, when uh, you know a lot of women who are assaulted, you know, they 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 might in many cases they'll try to resist, right? Or a little kid will try, but they don't like little kids don't know how to resist. They don't, and and they and they feel like, well, this is an adult, so they kind of have to go with it, and then. Then people struggle with, well, did I, I mean, am I guilty too? Yeah. Did I do something wrong in this? And so it's hard. So if you don't have a policy in place that's communicated well to the congregation, which we do not right now, we yeah. do not have a policy in place that has been communicated to the congregation. So we're working at, we're looking at all these various documents and other examples from other churches. We're going to get this done as quickly as we can. And it's being forced by these kinds of revelations and investigations. So I, the idea that it wouldn't be reported to law enforcement is unbelievable to me yeah though we see it happening again and again and in fact that's what we see um in this in this article in fact one of the things that the article says is several past presidents and prominent leaders of the southern baptist convention are among those criticized by victims for concealing or mishandling abuse complaints within their churches 
and seminaries. Wow. And there's actually, we'll talk about it, but there's a graphic in there that kind of breaks down some of those accusations mm. uh, of mishandling and cover up that, uh, that we're talking about here. Uh, some registered sex offenders returned to the pulpit. What in the world? Others remained there, including a Houston preacher who sexually assaulted a teenager and now is the principal officer of a Houston nonprofit that works with student organizations. That's what the federal records show. Yeah. Uh, the name, is, at least that they put it out there, it's named Touching the Future Today Incorporated. Good grief. Now, listen, I know some some people might think like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just because somebody was a registered sex offender, does that mean that they could never be a pastor? Now, I think a lot of people, a lot of our listeners are going to say, nope, can never be a pastor. And that very well may be the case. Certainly, if they violated somebody and something like that, I I can understand. But if we're talking about an 18-year-old guy that slept with a 16-year-old girl consensually when they were lost in their teens, he could be a convicted sexual predator because of that. And so as a 30-year-old man, is he is he no is he is it impossible for him to go into the ministry? That's something that I think we need to talk through um as churches and as as Christians. But that is not what we're talking about in general here. We're talking about people that were victims of abuse, people that were not willing participants. Mm-hmm. Those sex offenders uh Returning to the pulpit, some people are going to say, well, can't they be redeemed? Can't they, Jimmy, can't they, can't they find forgiveness and restoration and hope and love? Can't, I mean, why would you say they can't be a pastor? I would say, yes, they, yeah, they can. I just don't, it depends on the situation like you're talking about, right? I mean, I think they can find hope. I think they can find, uh, restoration. Restoration to the pulpit? No. Why not? I, cause I think, See now it's 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 weird because now I sound pharisaical, right? I like now, now I sound. I'm not going to say that. I, I I think it's I think it's just unwise. I think it's unwise. I think you're not. I think you're just not qualified. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree. I think um, the Lord forgives and can restore your spiritual life, but uh, someone that has taken advantage of people as a leader, uh, I don't. I don't see how you can ever be restored to the pulpit. You have broken the trust at such a deep level. You have violated the covenant at such a deep level. Uh, I think, yes, you could say it is unwise. Um, I am not in favor of a person that abuses a child to ever be restored to a ministry uh, in, in, in any capacity. I, I don't know how they could be in it. They could be restored to a ministry position working with other sex addicts or abusers, perhaps, right? Counseling, mm-hmm. helping, like, you know, being an accountability partner or something, maybe. But, uh, but to go back to the pulpit, to be the lead guy or any kind of pastor, I'm going to say, no, they're, they are, they inherently, therefore, do not have a good reputation with the world or outsiders, which is one of no. the qualifications. Yeah, they're right. not above reproach. And so I would say, no, they're out. I would, I would agree with you on that. And I don't, you know, I, people might say, well, that's just, you're just being emotional. You're being overly sensitive. Well, okay. Um, I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'm being overly sensitive. I think I'm being sensitive to the issue. Yeah. And I think we are, what's our job as pastors? To, to shepherd and protect. Right. Okay. So if that's what we're going to do, then, you know, it, it is our responsibility to shepherd and protect the people more than it is to find a job for homeboy who destroyed somebody's life, right? That's, that's no, not, I, our, that's I, not I absolutely agree. 
Uh, many of the victims were adolescents who were molested, sent explicit photos or texts, exposed to pornography, photographed nude, or repeatedly raped by youth pastors. Some victims as young as three were molested or raped inside pastor studies and Sunday school classrooms. A few were adults, women and men, who sought pastoral guidance and instead say they were seduced or sexually assaulted. This is such a betrayal. Yeah. I mean, like, I know a pastor. Well, he's 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 not a pastor anymore. Uh, I, I knew a guy who was a pastor. And he was um, he he made certain women feel uncomfortable. He was just kind of a creeper and, uh, you know, doing the pop in at weird hours and like visiting them and staying too long and late at night. It's kind of weird. Mm. Uh, and then we come to find out that, you know, one of the women that he was counseling was a woman that he had uh, a, a sexual relationship with, relationship with of some sort. Um, and in that context, you know, even if she was willing, you are her leader. You, she is entrusted into your care. You are taking advantage of her. It's yeah, you're just, in that position of authority, right? Like, and that—that's the thing. Yeah. You're, you're abusing that—that that authority. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I know that um, every person is a. Few, we say this a lot. Just a few bad decisions yeah. away from ruining everything. Okay. And so when you're, when the stakes are high, when, and I don't mean your position, when the stakes are high in terms of you're dealing with somebody's life, their soul, their salvation, you're, you're dealing with a level of responsibility entrusted to few people. When you compare it to the rest of the world, you've got to be super careful, have a high level of transparency and accountability to make sure that we are, um, protecting these people that are in those situations. It says um, one example that they, uh, that they give here is Heather Schneider. Uh, she was 14 when she was molested in a choir room at Houston's second Baptist church. It's one of the most famous Southern Baptist churches in Texas, uh, according to criminal and civil court records. This isn't um, just like the rumor mill, right? Yeah. Her mother, Gwen Casados said that church leaders waited months to fire the attacker who later pleaded no contest and in response to her lawsuit, the church leaders denied responsibility. Uh, Schneider, the 14-year-old girl, she slit her wrists the day after that attack in 1994. Uh, she survived uh, for 14 years, and then she died of a drug overdose because her life was so damaged by this. Hmm. And so some people went forward right away, but others, it says, Jimmy, uh, took a lot more time to come forward, right? Yeah, it, 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 I think it, it takes people time, and I think that goes back to what you were talking about before about – um, people, there's a, there's a, there's a sense of shame, right? And it, they should like, it's not their fault, right? Like it's not their fault, but they, they question like, is this my fault? Is there something I, I could have done differently? Um, did I, did I somehow, you know, advance this? Right. Or, um, or did I not, you know, do enough to push back? Um, and the problem is when you wait too long right now, anyways, when you wait too long to report these kinds of, of assaults, uh, statute of limitations, it kicks in and it's too late. Yeah. Uh, it says um, David Pittman was 12, he says, when a youth minister from his Georgia church first molested him in 1981. Two other former members of the man's church churches said in interviews that they also were abused by him. But by the time Pittman spoke out in 2006, it was too late to press criminal charges. The minister still works at an SBC church. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, this is... Um, this is a problem. The fact that that the you know these these journalists are are investigating, they're digging deep, they're doing their due diligence. Um, 
this is what they were able to like what, a team of people a small team of people were able to like do this research and dig into yeah. it now, well, why hasn't the SBC done this well that's the thing I think that's the we're as Baptists we we value our autonomy right mm-hmm. like Ain't, ain't no ain't no denomination going to tell us what to do. So explain autonomy. Oh, so autonomy. So that uh, the local church, is, the local church, the the elders of the local church are the final authority within that church. So each local church governs itself. Correct. Not accountable to another uh, body of elders. Correct. There's no like bishop or overseer uh, team of elders at another at a larger level. Yes. And yeah. not, not most other Baptist churches don't have elders. Right, they have a pastor, a pastor and deacons, and they have deacons. Yeah, um, the healthy ones have elders. I would yeah. say at least, well, not necessarily. Uh, healthy churches have elders, but just because you have elders doesn't mean you're healthy. Yeah, yeah, and we've seen that. Oh, just even, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, how, come on, Harvest has a group of elders. <laughs> yeah, but well, we, we've seen this kind of stuff happen in a lot of churches that have elders as well. Um, but so, so here's the thing that uh, the, in the article it talks about uh, as at the core. Of Southern Baptist doctrine is local church autonomy. The idea that each church is independent and self-governing. It's one of the main reasons that Bato say most of the proposals a decade ago were viewed as flawed by the executive committee because the committee doesn't have the authority to force churches to report sexual abuse to right. a central registry. Okay. So, but the proposals that, that he's mentioning here yeah, are the proposals that were made to the SBC by SBC members saying, Hey, we, we should have some way of following up on on sexual abuse predators we should have some sort of database uh, we should have something that allows us to know how to deal with and maybe fix this problem those proposals were were suggested to leadership and so that's so yeah problem. so when i read this that the committee doesn't have the authority to force churches i i actually think of, i read this as the the committee doesn't want to deal with this yeah because well okay you yes the committee cannot force a church to um to fill out a form right even our our the reporting of memberships right the the annual church profile that we fill out as southern baptists that's voluntary i always tell deb don't bother don't do it I and mean, she does it anyways right? yeah because so, we're part of the sbc that's the difference it matter that you're it the you're matter. one of the reasons why the no, committee thinks I, it's an see, exercise here's, here's here's the thing. futility make it mandatory if it matters make it mandatory we got mandatory things you have to give money to be a part of the sbc you can't be a part of the sbc unless you give money if you can make that mandatory, why can't you make other things mandatory? Oh, because the money is what the more important <laughs> okay. than anything else. Yeah, and that—that's what I'm. I know yeah. I'm, I'm being sincere mm-hmm. here. They—they're you know they—they're okay mandating that. They're okay forcing that, but they're not okay forcing uh, some sort of standard and I guess a, a level of protection for our congregations. Right. You know, it's like you, you. We could do this in a number of ways. We could say, hey, listen. Um, we are going to have uh, – we want to set up a system where everyone who's ordained at your church, uh, you know, we get their name and, uh, and we have a database there. And uh, anybody who's convicted or accused of any crime goes into the same database. And we encourage you guys to report that. If your church is one of those that isn't reporting that, then um, it doesn't mean that they're out maybe. But it certainly means like, oh, but we, we, take, we take note. And uh, uh, you're definitely not – we're not going to be back in that church. Uh, we're, we're not going to be encouraging that people to go to that church. We're not going to be promoting anybody in that church to a position of leadership. There's ways that we can at least try to deal with this at the denominational level. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that I buy – I, listen, I could be wrong. I'm not sure that I buy that there is no real way to start um, pushing our churches to become healthier, more accountable – as it relates to not just finances, mm-hmm. but uh, to the protection of our people. 
you know, it's uh, it, it, one of the things it says here, because every church is autonomous and we basically cooperate together um, volitionally, um, the article says that uh, all of this makes Southern Baptist churches highly susceptible to predators, says Christina Brown, an activist who wrote a book about being molested as a child by a pastor at her SBC church in Farmer's Branch, a Dallas suburb. She says, it's a perfect profession for a con artist because all he has to do is talk a good talk and convince people that he's called by God and bingo he gets to be a southern baptist minister then he can infiltrate the entity of the sbc move from church to church from state to state go to bigger churches and more prominent churches where he has more influence and power and it all starts in some small church right that's that's what mm. she says because what is it it's a, it's a small group of people that haven't done any investigation. They've ordained this guy. He's an ordained Southern Baptist minister, and he can begin to climb the ranks from one church to another. Yeah, that's what you're saying. So it's um, it's it's a it's a big, painful problem um, that these guys return to preach. That there isn't a lot of accountability. That there has been cover-ups. In fact. There's a graphic here that sort of breaks it down for you. We'll have all this linked in the show notes. Um, it's a graphic that says uh, that trouble is at the top. Six former leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention have directly dealt with allegations of sexual abuse or misconduct involving their church, their employees, or themselves. And so if you're a Southern Baptist, you know these names, right? So like uh, if we go all the way uh, well, we, we, we won't go. We'll just go in order, right? Steve Gaines, he was the SBC president uh, in 2016, nominated for two years. So it was just before J.D. Greer became and now is the current mm -hmm. SBC president. Now, um, Steve Gaines in 2006, he admits waiting six months to fire a pastor who confessed to molestations. And six months? Uh, How'd you even wait six minutes? Yeah I, yeah. I mean, I don't know how it's not an immediate thing. Listen, guys off duty box up his junk get him out doesn't mean you don't care for him doesn't mean you don't walk him through this doesn't mean you don't as you're reporting to the cops that you're still trying to take care of his soul that's another issue but he waited six months internal investigation finds that uh and the church paid for that yeah you paid the guy yeah, six for months. six months mm -hmm. yeah yeah the church was ill-prepared uh for sexual abuse what about uh what about Paige patterson yeah, uh, he was SBC president in 1998, uh, Fort Worth seminary president in the 90s, allegedly ignores multiple women claiming attacks by his protege, uh, Daryl Gil Gilliard. Gilliard, yeah. Yep. Uh, 2007, calls group for clergy abuse victims, quote, evildoers, end quote, who are, op open quote, as reprehensible as sex criminals. What the heck? What? 2018 is ousted as Fort Worth Seminary head for his multi or for his handling of multiple rape claims. I mean, and there's even things where he he talks about uh, recently or not, you know when it came out, you know that talk about breaking people down. Yeah, this girl that was making an accusation about uh, somebody that had raped her. He says, "Well, I want to get her into my office and uh, I'll break her down. I'll, I'll break her down." Yeah, like what, what does that mean? It means get her to recant. I don't. You can people can spin that however they want. It means he's going to get her to recant. Now listen, um, the, that you wouldn't immediately say like I got to put on the, the the gentle gloves, the gentle touch. I got to talk to this person. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that you conclude that this dude is automatically guilty because it's accusation. But you got to be careful and sensitive. You got to take gotta, it seriously. Exactly. And you assume that this person that you're talking to is telling the truth while you're dealing with them. 
I think that's what you do. You, you, you kind of assume like, okay, so help me to understand. You walk through it and then you evaluate everything um, as you're hearing them out. Or how about uh, Jerry Vines, SBC president, 1988. He's a hero in the SBC. Yeah. Uh, pastor First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. In the 90s, allegedly ignores Shane's teen who claims assault by, oh, again, same uh, guy, Daryl Gilliard. Uh, 2014 publisher of Vines autobiography says Vines didn't accurately describe the Gilliard situation. And then they talk about that guy, Daryl, 1980s, dozens, dozens of allegations brought by members of three churches he pastored. Wow. And he, in 2009, he was convicted of molesting two girls at a Florida church. And this is where, look, we're trying not to go all James McDonald and start cursing. Um, oh, but stop. This, the, this makes me want to lose my mind. Oh, yeah. This this makes me so angry and you know for all these people that are you know back in their boy back in their friends it's like how do you when how do you, do they do they because I'm, I'm i'm legitimately asking do they do they not know um are they are they so loyal that they have no wisdom that they that they're just going to i'm just going to believe my guy because he's my guy and i'm not going to believe this person because i don't know them i i you know, but that's just, I don't get it. I, I, it's, that's foreign to me because I mean, listen, I, you guys know, I love Joe. Like I love him, love him. But an allegation comes up. It's being reported. Yeah. It's being reported. And we're going to deal with it at the elder level. There's going to be an internal investigation you know, as well as working alongside, yeah. you know, uh, law enforcement authorities to figure out what the heck's going on. here. And here's the thing reported and publicized. You got to go public with yeah, it. You right? got to tell know. the congregation. Doesn't mean you have to take out an article in the Tribune. No, but you got to tell the congregation. Got to tell the you, congregation, you, and you're going to have to step down for a season yeah. until here's they, the accusation. Until it's all done. This this specific, not like, well, you know, there's some things that are kind of shit. No, this specific accusation has been made, and uh, and if there's any other ones, please come forward. Yeah, and so we're going to deal with this. Um, listen, and I know everybody, everybody, not everybody. A lot of people jump to the thing like, well, what if it's not true? What if it's a false allegation? Okay, I know that happens. Bad things happen. Okay, rape happens. That's a bad thing too, right? Uh, allegations happen. Uh, false allegations. So what we have to we have to deal with what is actually happening, right? If if somebody is gonna say, oh well, we're um we're not going to uh, take this allegation seriously because we don't know if it's real or not, it 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 puts you in a place where you are potentially denying somebody's justice you know you're denying somebody's um jimmy's turning on the fan turn it all the way up high it's always oh, on high i don't know yeah you know i know i usually turn it on i oh, just turn okay. it on i didn't turn it, it on. sounded so low um we got uh, ed young right this is not ed young jr um this is his dad ed young spc president in 1992 mm-hmm. he's the pastor of second baptist church houston right that one that we've been talking about his church was sued uh he wasn't named um and uh, Second Baptist Church hired John Force and Chad Foster. Uh, John Force in 1994, uh, he was a contract employee who coordinated music pageants. He pleaded guilty and received deferred adjudication after molesting teen in the choir room. Uh, Second Baptist was not a part of the settlement in the Force lawsuit. Chad Foster in 2010, same church, youth pastor, quietly fired by Second Baptist for reasons it says were unrelated to sexual abuse, but hired later at another church. In 2013, he was convicted of five felonies for abusing teens. And in 2015, Second Baptist and another church settled two lawsuits filed by Foster's victims. Gosh. So, 
obviously there's a problem. You know what I mean? It, 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 it doesn't mean, okay, so the, the church did this thing. It means these two guys did these things, and the church bears a level of responsibility by virtue of employing them. Oh, the elders specifically. The elders specifically. Anybody, whoever's in charge. Responsibility. Right, right. Well, then we got Paul Pressler. Paul Pressler is one of the untouchables because Paul Pressler was one of the instrumental figures in the conservative resurgence of the SBC when the, the leadership and the seminaries were going liberal. Paul Pressler and guys like Paige Patterson, who are conservative theologically, were able to orchestrate things and move the convention back to its, its historic understanding of gospel theology, things like that. Yeah, so he was the vice president in 2002. Uh, in 78, 79, he leaves his non-SBC church amid accusation that he groped youth group member in 2004 settled assault case for four hundred and fifty thousand dollars 2017 lawsuit alleges decades of rapes by pressler in 2018 three other men alleged allege in 2017 lawsuit that they were groped or solicited these claims are dismissed because they are filed too late see and then we just had frank page everybody liked frank page everybody loves frank frank page uh you know not a calvinist guy uh, but chill, right? And yeah, it was, yeah. was trying to work with people. He was the SBC president in 2006, um, executive committee president, CEO, 2010 to 2018. Uh, in 2007, he calls a group for clergy abuse victims nothing more than lawyer groups looking to raise their caseload. Wow. And in 2018, he resigns from the executive committee for morally inappropriate relationship in the recent past. It means he was more than likely in a sexual relationship with somebody, not his wife. Uh, okay, so... These are what six leaders, yeah, dealing with these kinds of accusations. Um, yes, we're the largest Protestant denomination, um, and so you're going to have accusations that are made. Uh, but that <laughs> that doesn't mean that they're false, um, and it doesn't mean that every one of these guys is is directly culpable. Or it, just because an accusation is made doesn't mean that they're guilty. But we've got to take the accusations seriously. We've certainly got to take the professing victims uh, seriously. Yeah, so, I want to know what JD is going to do. Well, he's been, you know, he's he's been saying some good things recently. But I think so far, what I'm hearing from everybody is like, well, I don't know that we can. Listen, do Listen, there's there's talking points. We all know yeah, there's talking points. Yeah, we can do better. What, what, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone can do. Quit the talking point. What are you actually going to do? Because this is a known issue. That's one of the things. What's the plan? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in 2007 and 2018, uh, Wade Burleson, a former president of Oklahoma Mm -hmm. Southern Baptist Convention, says it has long been clear that Southern Baptist churches face a crisis. And he had asked in those years, SBC leaders to study sexual abuse in churches and bring prevention measures to a vote at the SBC's annual meeting. J.D., what are you going to do? Yeah, it's a fair question. Um, it's an important question and one that deserves a direct answer. Yeah, and listen, uh, maybe, maybe say, okay, we're, I don't know what we're going to do, but we are going to do something and we'll get back to you. At in, what time? Yeah, exactly. What's the time frame yeah. for that? Get, you got a month. I want to see a plan in a month that's going to make a difference. Yeah. You try. And if it doesn't work, at least you try. And you try again. Something. Right. We got we to gotta take this more seriously than to grieve it. A lot of people say, well, we grieve. We, we, we're sad. We're mourned. We we hate it. Okay, okay. But listen, uh, what does God require of us? But to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. 
So do something. We got to do something. And we've got to do something here at Redeemer. We yeah. don't have a, a, a controversy or an, a, 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 there's no particular issue. It's like that. We've got to make sure that we are doing something to ensure that our people are safe. In fact, it really, it was, it was one of our church members, one of our families that said, so what's the policy? Yeah. What's the policy at Redeemer for those who are uh, sexually abused or, or reported sexually? And what's the policy? And I think we basically explained, well, this is what we do. And he's like, but does the church know that? What's what's the policy? Why don't you guys put it out there in black and white? And he, they were right. We absolutely have to do that. So we're going to do something. And yes, it gets more complicated when you're talking about it at the denominational level. But, you know, this is something that we've got to do at the church level and at the denominational level. And, you know, Russell Moore has been talking about this stuff. He has yeah. a response on this thing. And he, Russell Moore says, church autonomy is no excuse for a lack of accountability. He says, in Baptist ecclesiology, each congregation governs its own affairs. And it's not accountable to anyone higher up in the church system. And yet the decisions a church makes autonomously determine whether that church is in good fellowship with others. A church that excuses, say, sexual immorality or that opposes missions is deemed out of fellowship with other churches. The same must be true of churches that cover up rape or sexual abuse. So here it just if if we find out that there's a Southern Baptist church that ordains a woman or a homosexual, that church will be kicked out of the SBC immediately. Mm -hmm. But why don't we have that same level of and same immediate response to a church that has proven to to be a church that has covered up uh, sexual abuse. Why not? Because they're paying money. Well, that's how that that's how it feels to people, yeah. right? I mean, I know I sound really cynical when I say that, that but, but follow the money, follow the money. Yeah. So um, I mean, that's the only other reason I could think of. I mean, there maybe just a willful negligence, well, right. willful ignorance. Okay, let's. I'll I'll say that. Let's just even go with ignorance. But even with with certain things within the SBC, where we have churches there that have no business being a Southern Baptist church, and yet because they're large, they're they're got a larger cut. You know, as far as their financial giving, it seems to be okay. They get a pass. So you asked what JD's doing. One of the things that JD did, if I'm remembering this correctly, um, people have asked the SBC to put together some kind of a study to investigate yep. all of this stuff. And he's doing that. It's actually he, at the yeah, end of this Houston he, Chronicle. He, he's, talks about that. he is the first guy. And I think, again, it was Wade Burleson who pushed for this. Yes. Um, who there, something is that's, that's being done. Yeah, so there's Burleson 2020, y'all. So we've got, one step. All right. This is one and it is a small step. Let's not pretend that this is a big step. This is one small step. Good. Um, but we're going to need to get done. But I, well, here's the thing though. Even with that though, I, I read this and these, what they're, what the article is saying that Greer is responding, how he's responded. I feel like he's hedging his bet. He's already back, like not fully into this. Because it says, but Greer sent an email that he is limited by local church autonomy. So there again is that excuse of he's limited. And this is what uh, in an email Greer sent uh, to these reporters. Change has to begin at the ground level with churches and organizations. Our churches must start standing together with a commitment to take this issue much more seriously than ever before. I agree with that. But why then are you already trying to say, listen, this is all limit. The SBC is limited by local church autonomy. Yeah, I would rather see because, OK, that's true. That is true. But I'd rather see a positive statement, even though there are uh, this is difficult because of local church autonomy. We're going to do everything possible to make sure that we're, that's that's how that's, you say it. That, that's the response. I yeah. want. 
Yeah, that's I, a, not the, the already aggro. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, not, they should, he should be aggro about. It. He should be mad. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But and so I just don't like his sta- the the thing yeah. that he's saying. Hey, we're limited by local church autonomy. Like it's almost like shrug, yeah, shoulder oh, shrug. Well. Yep. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Guess you know. Hey, I just I, may the Lord be with you. I mean, it's like yeah, just, yeah. I hope you're okay. Yeah, bless okay. your heart. I, I just I don't I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like it. I just it just to me it's it's already saying we're defeated. Yeah. And I and I don't see I don't think we are. Listen, this is the kind of thing like people are going to leave the SBC because of this. Right? Yeah. Uh and, and listen, I I don't play. I think about leaving the SBC from time to time. And I isn't a decision that I get to make. Um and it's like I, I evaluate, like, okay, so do I really do we should we be a part of this? You know, I do it with Acts twenty nine, whatever we're with. I think it's good to evaluate. Yeah. Do I should, is it good that we're a part of this group? Yeah. In it's, what ways are 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 they you know uh, influencing us positively? In what ways are we an influence to them? So we're trying to say, okay, yeah. how's this rela- is this relationship healthy? Yeah. And sometimes even if you, you might you might conclude, you know what, we have no influence and to in a positive direction with them and. Their reputation or their methods are too far out of keeping with what the Bible says or what we want to do things. So we're out. Yeah. Some people, people are going to make that call. Yeah. Bye, uh, Felicia. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to to jump ship yet, but I'm asking the question. Yeah. And I think I think we should be asking that question. We should be like trying to figure out like what, who are we partnering with? And you, and on one level, it's like unless you go full autonomous, no cooperation whatsoever, which I think is unwise for people. Um, I, absolutely, yeah. Okay, then you're just going to deal with your garbage, nobody else's garbage. But you're also then limiting what can be accomplished. And it, as far as I can tell, no denomination or network is free of these problems. Okay, so whether it's Acts 29 or obviously Sovereign Grace, mm-hmm. um, there are abuses and missteps that deal with uh, the care of individuals. So I think we need to be rigorously evaluating uh, what are we doing that's wrong? What are we doing that's dangerous and risky? And how can we do what's right and move this in the right direction? Because it's not just, well, we're not doing anything wrong. Okay, but how about risk? Like, what, what, what's the risk level? What's the risk factor uh, into your operation? And when it comes to this issue, risk factor is high. Yeah. It's really high. So I, I think that um, I'm grateful that the article is coming out because I'm way more focused on on my people than other people when it comes to dealing with problems, right? Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we point uh, our guns at the reformed guys more than anybody else. Cause that's us. And we point our guns at the, um, uh, Baptists cause that's us. Right. So, uh, and the SBC in particular, cause that's us. So yeah, we, and, and what I mean by that is, is like, listen, we're way more likely to, to quickly find fault and to point out problems among our people because they are our problems. Yeah. We we bear the weight of some of that as well, so I'm grateful for the article. Uh, it's just it's painful and it hurts. And you know when you read this, and we didn't go into all the stories that are here. Obviously, we didn't read the whole thing. It's a lengthy article, and there's going to be two more parts. There are documents that are shared. Um, you should read this. You should read this. Your elders, your deacons, your you know however you're structured for leadership should be working through this. You should have a policy. Right. You should have a policy and if, procedures and you got to train yeah. your people on how uh, how to report. And we're not and saying what that. signs to look for. To oh, lo- yeah, don't be like, don't just be reactive. Right. That That's part of this. You got to be training people how to react to it. But you also need to be training people how to be proactive in this. Right. How how do you know? I'm not saying like 
I know there's a fine line, right? I know there's a fine line. Like we're not looking for a heresy hunter here, yeah. right? But you are though. There are telltale signs. There are at least there are signs that may point to that. Yeah. At least kind of and you things need, that make you ask questions. And you need to ask those questions, right? You know, they 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 will ask, doctors will ask people in in the room when the spouse isn't there. Are you safe at home? Mm-hmm. If something's if the if the kid shows up to school with a knot on his head, the nurse might be like, "Hey, so how'd you get that?" Casual, cool, like no big yeah. deal. Like, oh, you know, I just hit the door. Like, well, didn't you hit the door last week? And didn't you hit the door the week before that? You know, there's just like yeah. some that's really obvious. But I think you're right. And we're not, listen, guys, we're not saying this as, 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 as two pastors that have it figured out. We don't have it all figured mm-hmm. out. In fact, we're, we're, we're behind working. the schedule here. We should have had this in place when we, when we started our church. More churches should be, uh, should be doing this. So, uh, le- and let me say this. All you got to do is ask local churches that you respect. Please share with us your policy and procedure. For dealing with children and sexual abuse, we've got copies of of different churches, yeah. and they're happy to share, and they're good. They're, they're, the the one that That's I looked right. at in particular, right? I think it was from Sojourn. Yeah, it's good stuff. Very like, good. What, what do you do? How how you do it? Really good. If the church isn't willing to share, there's a problem. There's a, exactly. Well, like, oh, why wouldn't you share? That's weird because because they don't have report to the authorities, which is legal anyways, not just moral, because uh, it must not be in there. Why yeah. else wouldn't they report it? It's like I'm definitely interested in what like like Christ Community down the road there. I'd love to see what they're doing. All right, so Christ Community is like the mega church model. They're like uh, the Willow Creek model. Yeah. Um, very well, seeker friendly. Yeah. Without the Willow Creek scandals. Yeah, right. There's no scandal. Here's the thing. And the leadership there is very, at least the the ones that I know, right? And from a distance, and yep. I, I used to go to that church. Right. But they were they handled things directly. And Were you there when the when the youth pastor got busted? Yeah. So you were there. No, no, no. I know. I know but what you you're know, talking about. Yeah. yeah. So youth pastor was busted there for... Um, having sexual relationships with youth mm-hmm. and uh, they were like, they reported it and yep. they publicly went public with it. Went public, fired the guy. Yeah. Boom. Done. Here's how, here's what we're doing. And here's the thing. Like, <laughs> so we have harvest, which is just nothing but controversy because of James, you know, abusive leadership and all that. Um, and it's, and I, I've been hearing even before things were public, I heard so much about that church from people there that were, were hurt. Um, I've never heard a bad thing coming out of, Outside of people having differences of opinion on theology. Yeah, you can have like a difference. That, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, no scandal. No scandal like that because the leadership handles it. They yeah. take care that's, of it and they do it, it appropriately like in, a, in, a, in a God-honoring way that oh, protects but you, people. And then, But then there are people like the Reformed guys are like, well, we don't want to talk to that church because they're not Reformed. You know, they're, not, they're not, you know, they're, they're not, uh, they don't have a confession that you know, we would we would oh, embrace. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. So because sexual abuse yeah. is only limited right. to- Only the Calvinists are getting that right. That, yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. The pride and arrogance yeah. of an individual to say, I, I can't work with a church that may already have something really well laid out for us that we mm-hmm. can learn from. Man, I think, and I think that's a part of this, right? Uh, we need to be having the conversations. We need to take a learning posture. We need to repent wherever is necessary. We need to make changes, adopt policies. And, but re- with all of that, we need to be a people who are so committed, uh, to God, so committed to the people that this is a natural burden. Like we want to do, we should want to take care of people. We should want to get these things solidified. And if you're pushing back against it, you should ask yourself why. Uh, wh- you know, what are you afraid of? What What's the problem? Yeah, maybe maybe there'll be a small number of people that are mad at us for even reading the article or talking about it. Fine, bye. Yeah, don't listen. Don't care. Listen, the SBC doesn't really care about us. Like, no, we're, no, we're, they we're don't. I mean, I, exactly, they don't. They don't care about us. They've like, it, at least it feels like that, right? Like there's no there's no there's no love for the Jofo. Oh, the Jofo. They like our church. 
We get a lot of love for We get a Redeemer. lot of love for the church. Uh, yeah. Joe Folk no, gets North no American love. Mission Board likes our church because we plant churches, yeah. make disciples. Yeah, but I'm talking about the SBC at the... At, no, as, they as don't want it. They don't, they don't no, care about we're it. weird. So, I mean, I, I wish, I wish JD would like, he ain't ever coming on. You and I both know that. He ain't ever coming eh, on. We could ask. Oh, yeah. Okay, Let's well, ask. All right, we'll ask. But I would love to have like a conversation be like, man, what, what, what what's going on? Like, yeah. what are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. give us, get, what's the plan here? Because everything I know about JD is he's a good guy. You know, yeah. every, everything that I know about him, he's a good guy and he's a faithful pastor. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have any, any beef with JD at all. Um, we're a member of the same denomination, same network. So, that that's all fine, but yeah, I I do have some questions too that I'd like to ask and and have him answer them honestly, you know. And I'd like you know I, I would like I would offer I would offer like man you you need to be I, I would say like in your position on this issue I want more than sympathy and grief I want to yeah. see some anger some righteous anger and I want to see some concrete action action even if it doesn't work right you got to be trying you know you got to go for it. So I don't know. I I, I think that there, I say I don't know because I don't have all the answers here. I don't know where the truth lies in all of these uh, issues. But um, one of the things that I was that I think is I think important uh, th- is that this team of people were able to establish a database. Um, so oh you, yeah yeah. So if you if you read the article. What you and I've somehow I've lost this thing. I don't know where it went. But if you if you read the article, um, they have put together a uh, a database of people that have been convicted as SBC pastors uh, or people that are you know part of um, part of the, the this whole scandal. And I think it's like uh, it's early on in this thing. Newspapers. Yeah. Thankfully, and- the links are all all bolded, so you can find it. Um, yeah, and part two is coming up. Southern Baptist Church has hired ministers accused of past sex offenses. Yeah, this is just crazy. This is just crazy stuff, man. So, um, listen, do uh, here's the database. They built a database. So you go to the database, and then uh, you can search by name, state, or position. Wow. Right. So if I type in Illinois, when I search by state, oh, here we go. Search by state, Illinois. And then here we go. There are three dudes uh, listed right here. So it's got their names and, you know, you can click on it and it'll tell you they were a pastor. This was the county they were in. This guy says uh, registered sex offender in Illinois for sexual assault of a victim named 16. Age wow. 16. And then you can go to their actual record um, and, and read more. So listen, this, the, a lot of this information is out there. It's on us to, to do our due diligence as Christians and especially as leaders. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I mean, let us know. I mean, are we are we taking it too far? Are we, oh, you know, I guess over exaggerating this? Or is, is do you think we have, we don't have an issue? You know, let us know. You can follow us online, Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo, or on Facebook slash Doctor Devotion. You can head to the website drvotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store joefostore.com and grab some gear. Listen, uh, tag tag JD. Get online at JD Greer. Tag them. Ask them. What are you doing? Yeah. Hashtag JD and the Jofo. Come on and we'll talk about it. Let's do it. Let's talk about the SBC. And listen, we can talk about this. We can talk about the SBC. We can talk about a lot of stuff. But we definitely are going to be talking about this. Definitely going to be talking about this. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later.